Welcome to the podcast. In and Through exists to equip the church to be hearers and doers of the word. My name is Tim. My name is Marshall. All right, so last week we made a joke about all of our uh, our iTunes likes and, and how famous we were now. That's true. I, I want to I back up from that a bit. One, it sounded a little bit arrogant, <laughs> and we shouldn't be. Two, there's this Justin guy who... Also is from Stratford, I hear. Okay. Uh, and and apparently, Beebs has more downloads than we do. What? But not a perfect five-star scoring. Well, then there you go. So maybe it's a toss-up. Sure. We'll call it a tie. We'll be civil. <laughs> we'll call it a tie. <laughs> maybe maybe we'll even get our own place in the Stratford Museum. Oh, or the Stratford. There's a Stratford Walk of Fame as well. Mm-hmm. That'll be nice. A little Ooh. star in the, in the sidewalk downtown. Famous enough. Famous enough, my famous friend. Famous enough. <laughs> Known by my creator, famous enough. Oh, I like that. Yeah. All right, so to, today, yes, we have the back half of Judges mm-hmm. and Ruth. Yeah. Supposed to get into some of the Samuel. We'll save but it. But we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna back off that. Sure. Yeah, there is enough in Judges and Ruth to get us through. I think so. There's plenty to talk about. There, There is. And they're kind of... We're going to kind of talk about these two separately because they are such stark contrasts. I mean, let, well, let's talk about Forrest for for Judges. So it kind of Judges 8 through the, the end of the book. Yeah, I, I'm going to let you handle the Forrest because you, you nailed it. Uh, so I just, I said, I said depravity. What else? I mean, madness. Yeah, stupidity. Just everyone doing what is right in his own eyes. Yeah, just insanity and selfishness and wickedness yeah carelessness Ugh, just evil man just just evil it's honestly okay i got frustrated i was frustrated in the initial reading of the passage and then as we were going through it again in preparation i just i just get really worked out it's just so it's just so depressing. It, it's bad at a different level. Remember remember when we were going through Exodus, and I, I think it's Exodus chapter 34, where mm-hmm. Aaron is doing the whole golden calf thing, and yeah, you're like, yeah, this, yeah. Is the, this is the God that brought you across you know, the sea, and and, and then and then Moses comes down, he's like, well, I, I, I had these earrings in my hand, and I stumbled in front of the fire, <laughs> right. and then next thing I know, this thing is chasing me, and it's a golden calf. And... <laughs> Maybe it doesn't exactly happen that way. That's sure. the way I imagine. Close enough. That's the way I imagine it. Uh, but but he he does that whole story, and, and inside of revisiting that, we talked about just wanting to skip it because it was so maddening. Yeah, that's the whole book of Judges. Oh yeah, and especially this back half. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's it's so it's so utterly depraved. It's so far from the model that God designed. Right for the people in, in in the law, like it's just it just it's just bad to worse. Like that that is the book of Judges. It is so, it is just so bad. Right. So let's let's get into the trees on this. If if it's okay. depravity, how? So we we pick up with the story of Gideon. Right. Gideon has been brought along and he's defeated Midian. Yeah. And uh, how does Israel feel about that? Well, I mean, they're not really all that. I guess yeah, they, they kind of act like they could care less yeah like he he's pursuing them he's pursuing this massive army with his 300 guys mm-hmm, right? right and says and says hey does anyone have any food for us 
we just, you know, saved this entire nation from the hand of the Midianites. Like, do you have any spare bread? And they just can't be bothered to help. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and even to the point they say, well, I, well, you're pursuing them. You haven't exactly conquered them. So what have you really done for me? Right. <laughs> right. And and Gideon's response is, well, I'm going to come back and push your tower over. Yep. And he does. When I'm done, I'm going to come back and push down your tower. Yeah. Does so he take like, some brambles and he whips like the elders of the city? Like there's some weird thing. Anyways, he gets his. Yeah. They get their comeuppance, I guess. But but even even Gideon, like we see this weird transformation in his character, right? Oh, oh, an, an absolute transformation, because when you when we find him, we're asking the question, was he being mocked right. when he's called the great man of valor? Because yeah. he's such a coward. Sure. Yeah. And he goes from being this like wimpy coward to this puffed up egomaniac, essentially. But you know what he is? You know what he really is? I think I think he's the schoolyard bully. Okay. Right, the schoolyard bully who gets a, a lot of, you know, he's bigger than the other kids, and so he pushes them around, and he acts tough. Mm. But as soon as someone kicks him in the shin, all of a sudden he's he exposes that really underneath he was just scared yeah. kid all along, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and so maybe that's who Gideon is. I don't know. Yeah. And he's just he's just the wrong kind of leader in so many ways i mean even his response to the success that he has i mean obviously becomes blinded to the fact that this is all from god god has miraculously delivered victory to him i mean the you would think the trimming down to 300 would have been you know Mm -hmm. some kind of indication that hey this isn't about you gideon but he totally lets it go to his head and and then they propose to make him a king but he doesn't want that no no, being and basically what he says is being a king's a lot of work. Yeah, and I would be busy, and so I don't want to be. I don't want the responsibility of being your king. Mm-hmm. But I tell you what, I will take. I will take your gold. Yeah, yeah. I'll still. You you can pay me, but I don't want the responsibility. Yeah, he wants the perks of leadership without the responsibility. That's that's really what it is. I mean, Gideon is just. Right, so he yeah. has he has miraculously, miraculously delivered God's people from their enemy, mm-hmm. run them out of the nation, and no worship of God, no recognition of the mighty hand of God, but instead, why don't we make an ephod? Yeah, which is a, a breastplate with all of your gold and jewels so that I can wear it around and people can be like, check him out. Yeah. That's all he wants out of this. Yeah, he wants some bling. That's all he wants out of this. <laughs> I, you, you just get to the end of it and you're dumbfounded. Yeah. Dumbfounded. And, and that's and then he you know has a bunch, a bunch of kids and then dies. Right. And that's Gideon. Right? Yeah. Thanks, yeah. Gideon. Thanks. Okay. On to the next one. Does it get better? Uh, no, it does not. So yeah. then you've got Abimelech. Okay. Who is... His son, mm-hmm. illegitimate son, yeah, technically, and all of Gideon's kind of offspring are collectively kind of running the show, and so he comes with this idea. He's like, "Hey guys, look, would you rather have you know be ruled by committee or just have one guy?" They said, "Oh, that sounds like a good idea. Maybe one 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 leader is is good." So he essentially devises a plan and murders all of his brothers, like yeah. a whole pile of them, like just slaughters them. Right. Like, because that's just the thing to do. Yeah. Because right? that's that's God's plan for 
for servant leadership. Right. That's that's the way he that's the way he described it in Leviticus and Numbers when he talked about what it means to to for the twelve tribes to cohabitate together in the promised land. Oh man. Yeah, the vision of God brought into being. Ugh. And yeah. I mean, and so But can it get worse? Well, it does, right? Because the people of Israel, they they start, you know, pursuing all the other gods. Like there's there's a verse in, in Judges ten where it's says the people of Israel again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and they served the Baal and the Ashtaroth, the gods of Syria, the gods of Sidon, the gods of Moab, the gods of the Ammonites, and the gods of the Philistines. That's a lot of gods. It is. And each one of those is a people group with plural gods in front of it. Yeah. So we have to remember that in the a- in the ancient Near East, the A&E, there were, uh, throughout every nation, there were gods worshipped, mm-hmm. and they were always polytheistic. Yeah, pantheons of various gods. of Right. And so, so what we're talking about is, is like a number of gods that could, um, it, it's... It's mind-boggling. It's mind-boggling that here we are just a few generations in, and they have absolutely the the lack the the one character that is it is just strikingly absent in the end of Judges is the person of God. Yeah, he's not talked about. Yep. There there are a couple of times where they. They act as if they're praying to God, but you really wonder if they are. Yeah. Are they really praying to that God? And and they talk about hearing from God, but the things that they're hearing from God are not coming to fruition. Yep. So are they really hearing from God, or yeah. is God just bringing about them punishment yeah. uh, because of because He needs to discipline them to call them back as He promised in Leviticus twenty six? Mm-hmm. Uh, the absence of God in, in Judges, yeah. and, and no one seems to be bothered yeah. by it. Well, He does say one thing. So that as the people are complaining to God about. Their right. subjugation, they're complaining to him, and you know God reminds them, "Hey, look, I was the one who, in the time of, of Joshua, like, I defeated all these people on your behalf, and yet you have forsaken me and served other gods." So he says, "Therefore, I will save you no more. Go and cry out to the gods whom you've chosen. Let them save you in the time of your distress." Drop the mic. Yeah. Right. That's good. We we talked last week about Caleb and Joshua flexing. Yeah. This is God flexing yeah. right here. Just being like, uh, now you want me? Oh, what do you yeah. know? But see, last time I heard you had chosen another God. Mm. And uh, maybe maybe a cool guy. Mm. Hit him up. See if he's going to help you out here. <laughs> Show me how well that works out for you. Yeah, seriously. Uh. <sighs> Next well, judge. Does it does it get better? No, it <laughs> no, does not. No, it doesn't. It, it does goes not. worse from there. Yeah, so Jephthah. It's a hard, Jephthah. Jephthah is a hard name. Jeph, yeah, anyways. Jeph, Jephthah. Anyways, uh, he's an interesting guy. Um, he is a judge. And, okay, just another side note thing about the judges here. And we kind of mentioned this last week, but, you know, when we say the word judge in our context, we think someone who upholds righteousness, you know, who's a good, who judges what is true and what, that's not really, again, that's not what a judge is. A judge is essentially someone that God uses to rescue his people, generally through military conquest. Right. These are just like, like chieftains. These are like generals. These are just military people. And Jephthah's essentially a thug. He is. Like he's just living out in the hills 
and he's like you know gathered around this like posse of of rough characters I, worthless men worthless men yeah more than once there is there is worthless men worthless men mentioned yeah gotta like that yeah so he's got his crew like he's just a gangster but he's the tough guy right so they're like israel's like well this guy you know seems like he's a pretty tough guy and god says that he's going to use jephthah to to save his people praise from, be to god right right and so what jephthah does is okay god well if you actually do this thing that you've already said that you're going to do, if you do that, I will sacrifice the first thing that comes out of my house when I return from battle. This is kind of the opposite of Gideon, where Gideon says, prove <laughs> right. that you mean this. And Jephthah says, well, let's bind this with an oath. Yeah. And God God didn't need an oath. Yep. God, God gave a promise. God's word is the good. The sovereign and powerful God gave a promise. Mm-hmm. Jephthah brings in this oath that is unnecessary. Whatever comes out of my house, what kind of things is he keeping in that house? Yeah. What kind of self-mobile things is he keeping in his house? Yeah. Does he expect a chicken to come running out the door when he gets home? Yeah. He'd be like, oh, that was easy. Someone grabbed that chicken for me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. What comes out the door when he gets home? His daughter. His only child. And he says, oh, but I, I made a promise to God and I can't go back on that. Yeah. And she says, Hey, I get it. Let me go cry for two months. Yeah. And not then, n- not because we're breaking a law of God. Yeah. Not because uh there's an oath that's been made that God is requiring us yeah. to maintain. That's true too. Why are we going to cry? Because I never got married. Yeah. And that's sad. And they come back and he sa- sacrifices God. Mm. Why? The law is very clear to say this is yeah. not something that God would ever call them to yeah. do. Yeah. And so we have an unnecessary oath. Mm-hmm. And, and he says, you know, and she says, there's no way you could go back on an oath that you made to God. It's like, well, I think at this point, going back on that oath would be what we call repentance. Yeah. I think it would be, God, I should not have made that oath. Forgive me. Right? Like that. Right. right? But this, but obviously Jephthah doesn't know the God of Israel. Obviously, he, he doesn't, doesn't know his character. He doesn't no. know his law. Like he is, he is, you know, just m- using empty words, right? And this is one th- might say, doing whatever is right in his own eyes. Yeah, and he might say that over and over again throughout yeah, the exactly. whole book of Judges. That is like the theme. That is the chorus <laughs> of the book of Judges. Everyone doing what is right in their own eyes. Yeah, yeah. And so then Jephthah, like he gets in this beef with uh, this kind of a, a quirky little episode but i briefly mentioned gets in this beef with like the the people of ephraim because they weren't part of you know his army that defeated the enemy and they didn't get the spoils and they try to fight and then he takes control of the fords of the river and they use this weird test that's based on someone's accent to see whether or not like they're of ephraim like of the enemy tribe and essentially it's just this weird it's just this weird like obviously like regional dialect thing that they they use because Ephraim has like a, a lisp or something and right they just this is infighting yeah oh yeah this within is, Israel yeah 42,000 42,000 of them are killed because the guy mispronounced the word yeah showed his hand he just couldn't do it, it it's amazing it's amazing mm. yeah it's like it's, if we were trying to like get back like from the states back into the Canadian border and they're just like say about <laughs> like about <laughs> like, oh, you're dead <laughs> go anyway, back go back yeah seriously yeah, but it gets better from there right yeah well you would you would hope so i mean hey hey the next the next guy on the scene 
Um, you know, he makes the Hall of Faith in Hebrews somehow. Jephthah makes the Hall of Faith. Oh, he does too. Yeah, you're right. I forgot about. The, yeah, I just I don't even know what to say. And so does does is Gideon in there? I think yeah. Gideon too. Okay, all right. Gideon, yeah, but Jephthah's worse, and Samson, Sam, Samson just Samson. Hmm. <sighs> Samson. You know, this is what they would say in Arkansas. This is what my grandmother would have said. My grandma, Granny Elmore, would have said. You didn't call her Mima? No, Granny Elmore. Okay. Granny Elmore would have said, "Bless his heart." <laughs> Samson, comma, bless his heart. And that says enough. <laughs> I I think that's probably the most comprehensive mm. commentary you can give on the life and actions of Samson. He's all over the place. He everything he does is <laughs> self-serving. He's personal vendettas, like just not thinking with his head, like just just being an idiot, like just so <laughs> dumb. It is. It is. It's true. It's true. And like in, in a lot of ways, in, in a lot of ways you look at uh, like when he finally gives in and talks about what it is that gives him his strength. Right. He, he's been lied to by this Philistine woman mm. a half dozen times. Yeah, yeah. And and the reason he finally tells her the truth is because she's batting her eyelashes like, you're embarrassing me in front of my people. Don't you really love me? Yeah. Wouldn't you? <laughs> and he just gets tired of being nagged about it. And so he tells her, like, at, at what point? Like, he, she, he has almost been captured so many times yeah. because she is doing what he is lying about. Why would this charade continue? Yeah, like ditch her, bro. Like you're Samson. You like here's the reality. In that culture, in that time, like he can he can be with whoever he wants to be, really. Why are you why are you choosing this woman who's repeatedly trying to kill you? Just uh. And and his thing is like his thing when he tells her, mm. it's in my hair mm -hmm. because I have been a Nazarite <laughs> since whole, birth, my oh, whole yeah. life. Yeah. Forget the fact that we have stories of him doing things that are Un eating things that are unclean. Yep. The honey from the lion. Yep. Drinking, obviously. We have story of him. He drinks. Yep. Which is not a part of the Nazarite vow. Sleeps with foreign uh, women. He sleeps with foreign women. Marries a foreign woman. Mm -hmm. um, all of these things that Nazarites are not supposed to do. Mm -hmm. It seems to me that the only portion of the Nazarite vow he keeps is the issue with his hair. Yeah, it's the hair thing. Yeah. That's the only thing that he does that would distinguish him in Azerite is that he has long hair. And there's I think there's something to be said about that like in the sense that like the the least I would say kind of the least significant aspect. <laughs> Absolutely. Right? Is is to him the defining aspect, right? Right. And maybe maybe right. in a sense we could we need to be careful we're not like him as believers that like oh well I at I attend a church therefore. Sure. Right? That's like sure. that's not the most integral like part of what it means to follow Christ. It's, it's a part. It's an important right. part, obviously, right? A but, life consecrated to God. Yeah. That is that is in fellowship with other believers in the local church. Yeah. Yeah. Not I, I pack I warm a seat on yeah. Sunday. Yeah. Or I dress modestly or some other kind of outward expression, right? Some other I got thing. a cross necklace. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of thing. I canceled Netflix for pure <laughs> flicks. Right? Like come on. Like that's a thing. Like anyways, but just Samson is just so so frustrating. And even, you know, and we were in our, when we were discussing this, too, I was saying, like, well, does he kind of redeem himself at the end? Right. Like, because we, because we've we've talked over and over again about these Old Testament narratives mm. being coloring book 
lessons, right? That, from our childhood. Right. And you can see in your mind the picture yep. of Samson pushing the pillars because yep. he's the hero. Right. Right? Yeah. Removing the enemy of God mm. from the presence of the promised land. Yeah. But that's not his motivation. Not even close. And, and he, even, even to the point that he states otherwise. Yeah. He's like, let me avenge my eyes. Like he's just, he just wants to get, he just <laughs> wants to get revenge over them plucking his eyes out. Like he's not like saying like, Lord, let, with, with my final act, let me defeat these evil people, right? Let, let this be, you know, a, a sacrifice of myself in, in order to, you know, rid the land of these, these evil heathens who, who, you know, hurt your people. It's like, no, I'm, God, I'm ticked about them eyes they took from me. Like, give me my strength back. Like, let me... so here, so here's a question for you. I want to throw a wrench in oh, no. everyone's concept oh, no. of Samson. Okay. Here's the wrench. Do you think he was buff? Do you think he was he was ripped and jacked and they, he was cut so that everyone looked at him and went, "Wow, that's Samson." Because in all the storybooks, he is. But the scripture says multiple times that people didn't know where his strength came from. Mm. I wonder if maybe he was just average Joe. Maybe. He looked like average Joe. And when the spirit came upon him, right. he exemplified this strength hmm. and practiced in this strength that no one could figure out. If he was jacked, would people be asking the question? Right. I guess in my mind, like when I think of like ancient Israel, I think of like, like that hero Bible. That I, oh, yeah. I assume Caleb has. Yeah. Where yeah. like all the dudes, like even like Moses when he's like 120 is just like shredded. Yeah. Like that's, that's how I think it's like life was so hard and battle was such a common thing that everyone was just like, yeah. So every, but, but was he like, yeah. Was he like huge? I don't know. I guess. Yeah. I guess not. Probably not then. Right. If it's a supernatural strength that God is giving him, it would seem counterintuitive for him to just be like, I don't know. Anyway. Well, add this to the list of things that we now see as through a mirror dimly lit. Yeah, yeah. But one day we'll yeah. understand as face-to-face. Yes, in eternity at, we'll go to the Cineplex and get to watch the movie of Sam. The life of, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I heard someone use that analogy that that's what heaven's going to be like. I mean, I'm not oh, sure. All right, so Samson, all right, moving on. Samson's the end of the bad. Ugh, no. No? No, no, okay. no. Okay. Then there's this guy named Micah. And Micah has an idea that he's going to um, create his own idol for himself. Right. And he's going to get himself a priest. <laughs> Hire me a priest. Yeah. yeah. And, and then I'm going to give him these gods. Yeah. Because a priest would just be for hire like that. Yeah, I guess so. And 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 the the Levite he hires, who's obviously born to the priestly order, is, you know, more than willing to comply with this deal. Right. Now, now okay, I just thought of this now. I mean, if... Israel has fallen so far into idol worship. It might have been tough times to be a Levite. Yeah, because they're not getting their tithe. Right. Yeah. They don't have an inheritance of the land or not, not, not well, not to the same degree anyways. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, so, and like their, their special purpose is to facilitate, you know, the, the, the law and the ceremony, the ceremonial system that went along with it. And suddenly, you know, if everyone's worshiping Baal, suddenly, you know. Yeah, that's where the money is. Yeah. You got to chase the trend. I guess so, right? Right. And then, and so he goes and he does this, and then yep. uh, the Danites come along, or yeah. the Benjaminites? Danites? Yeah, the Danites. Yeah, the Danites come along, yep. and they say, hey, how much is he paying you? Yeah. Because I could, we could give you more. Yeah. <laughs> Would you rather be the priest of a household or of a tribe? Right, right. And he says, yeah, good point. Follow the money. Yeah. This is, this is, 
free agency yep. in the priesthood. Yeah. <laughs> right? So I'm going to put myself back on the market and see how much I'm worth to people. And he does. And mm-hmm. uh, he gets paid. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. And that's amazing. Just, just how it's, that's how it ends. Yeah. Yep. They get their new city. They set him up and he does his thing. Yeah, because at this point, Dan still hadn't figured out where they were going to live. Yeah. They're still the tribe wandering around <laughs> trying to figure out where they're going to live. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, well, then, okay, then, I mean, that's bad enough, so it's got to be it's got to be over now, right? Right? This is getting old. I know. I'm sorry, but this is what's so frustrating with this. So then we've got the Levite and his concubine. So so here we've got this this Levite who has this woman he loves. He goes to get her. She returns home to her family, and he goes to get her. And on their way back, they're traveling through this town, and it's like a replay of the Sodom and Gomorrah episode. It is, yeah. Right? The men of the city are banging on the door, wanting the Levite so that they might know him, biblically. And, uh, and instead, he hands over the concubine. And, and in this instance, there's no you know, angel of the Lord to, to intervene. Right. And, and she right. ends up dying from that ordeal. Right. Get up the next morning. She's laying on the doorstep dead. Yeah. Doesn't realize it. Throws her on the donkey. Yep. Travels back home. Yep. With his uh, con- dead concubine. Yeah. Uh, that that he cares much for. Right. He's he's referred to as her husband multiple times over. Um, gets back home and uh, weeps for the sins of his people, buries her, and moves on. No. No. Not no. even close. Tr- try again. Um. Let's see. What would be the next most reasonable thing to do? Uh, cut her into 12 pieces and send one to each of the tribes? Uh, yeah, bingo. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Why? Right, like, what, do you, what did he hope to gain from this? What did he hope people were going to do when they received those packages? Well, you know what? I mean, they got upset. They, they, they say something like this has never happened before. Mm. And that's... Yeah. You think? Yeah. Yeah, and so then they, so then, so he kind of gets what he, what he's looking for because the people, or enough of the people anyways, are so outraged by this. They're like, all right, we're going to go to war with Benjamin. So we got some more infighting, right? right? More infighting. Israel wars with Benjamin and they fight them and they lose and they fight them and they lose and they fast and pray and then they beat them and slaughter them almost to nothing. Right. And then Benjamin's upset. They vow not to give wives. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're like, we're not going to let any of our daughters marry you guys. And then they realize that's a bad idea, so they create their own loophole. Yeah. In their in their own system. They're like, oh, we got it a little ahead of ourselves. We yeah. got to figure this out. They're like, well, there was this one town that didn't, that, that did, didn't help us, so we're going to go kill all of them except for their unmarried women. And there's also this other thing at Shiloh or something where the women will dance in the field and, and every year you can just go and just kidnap snag. a couple of those. Yes. Snag yeah. one. Like what? Like what? This is like, okay. And what people need to understand, like this is not, this is not God ordained, right? Like that's the right. thing. Like, so people might look at this and be like, how is this in the Bible? Like why would God allow this? It's like, well, they abandoned God. Right. This, this, this is the yep. culmination of what you, what people are capable of when they do what is right in their own eyes. Yeah, and and, and the book tells us that over and over again. Right. Mm-hmm. They continued to do what was evil in the sight of the Lord. Yeah. That is going to be a phrase that you will hear from now into summer. Yeah. Right. 
They did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and they did what was right in their own eyes. Those statements appear multiple times in the back half of Judges to remind us that this is a description of what people did as they turned away from God Mm -hmm. and turned to the gods of the land that they were supposed to clear out. Right. And and that way we know for a fact this is not something that God would condone. It's not something that God is participating in. Mm-hmm. This is just people running wild, doing their own thing. This is just the expression of human depravity mm-hmm. inside of God's people. Yeah, yeah. Well, mm. finally, we get into the book of Ruth. Right, so the solace in Judges is that it ends. Yeah. That yeah. it just comes to an end. Yeah. There's There's no sort of like good moment of of and and this is the this is it ending on a it just it just mercifully ends yeah 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 no ruth is like getting to ruth in the reading is just like a breath of fresh air right it's just like oh okay Mm -hmm. there is still hope that god can bring about a plan for redemption through his people israel somehow ruth is the antithesis of judges yeah Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Whereas judges is everyone looking out for themselves and abandoning Mm. the the will of God. Mm -hmm. When we started talking about judges, we were talking about, you know, like Barak not following what God had for them and and Gideon, you know, not being sure if he really wanted. And and, but those were the greatest of characters. Yeah, they they were the one. Maybe they followed unwillingly. But they at least followed. Yeah. They at least act like they've heard about God. Mm-hmm. Right. These other guys, they might as well be from any Canaanite religion. Sure. And have nothing to do with the promise of God to yep. his people yep. to bring about his plan of redemption. Yep. It's it's an entirely other thing. Uh, and then we get into Ruth, where mm-hmm. I, I mean, I know we don't have a lot of time left, but but Ruth just is what su- what was supposed to be happening all along. Yeah. Kind of, kind of, probably historically going on at the same time, yeah. In the period of the judges, and and here we have this grace, not only within Israel, but but even for those coming into Israel, uh, in the the intermarrying, uh, sojourners among them, and that sort of thing, uh, that is an expression of how things were supposed to work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I think, I think the story sort of tells itself. Yeah. Uh, we can probably leave it at that and yeah. just say, Ruth, when you're struggling with judges, mm-hmm. just know, just know Ruth is coming. Yeah. Yeah. The the grace and the obedience and just the the love selflessness. Yeah. It's just like it's just wonderful. Like how Ruth is towards Naomi and then, you know, and and then how Boaz is towards Ruth and like people going out of their way for one another and people going about dealing with certain things in a particular way in order for God to be honored and how they're handled. And and we see even this picture of the idea of the kinsman redeemer. Right. It's it's not a it's not a perfect identical um you know a picture of what Christ does but there but it's but it's hinted at it's, it's a shadow yeah it's a shadow a shadow of what's to come exactly right it's just and 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 through this then we see this is the line that that will bring about David this is the line that that Christ ultimately comes from and mm-hmm. it's this it's this bringing in of someone from the outside and just it's just such a wonderful story and uh it was that's what redeemed this week's reading for me <laughs> so so i i'm almost afraid to ask but oh. Your highlights from the reading? I mean... Should I ask for your highlights from Judges? Highlights there are a lot of lefties. 
Yeah, there are. Yeah, the Benjaminites or whatever. Yeah, you're right. The lefties. I uh, mean, they're not. They're not wise lefties. They're, no, no, they're not. They're not. Yeah. I mean, yeah. No, I mean the the highlight of Judges was yeah when it mercifully ended, because I think as I was reading through it, I'm like, oh, there are more chapters to Judges than I remembered, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, an- another day's worth of reading and, ju- and I'm like, oh, right. And some of these stories that I, you know, I'd read through before years ago, but wasn't particularly familiar with. I'm like, when is this, when is this going to, the highlight of Judges is that it ends mm-hmm. for me. Okay. Highlight from Ruth. From Ruth. Um, there's this cool little thing, this expression. So when, when, uh, Boaz is kind of going out of his way to be kind to Ruth, she falls at his feet and is like, thank you. Like, why would you be so kind to me? I'm a foreigner. And he's like, I've heard of what you've done. Right. Mm. And he says, um, the Lord repay you for what you've done and a full reward be given you by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Yes. And then when she comes to him um, at the windowing floor or whatever, and he's like, well, what are you doing? She's like, I'm Ruth, your servant. Spread your wings over your servant for you are a redeemer. So she's like, yeah, you know how you were talking about how you want God to bless me? I'm pretty sure you're the one that God's going to use to bless me. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, so it's just kind of the, that same kind of wording that comes through. And then he kind of realizes that. And it's just, it's just really nice. Yeah. And, and I would say my highlight comes from the same, uh, obviously from Ruth. I'm not even going to subject myself to trying to think of one from judges. Uh, <laughs> I, I make the rules here. Sure. Uh, so the, uh, the, when they go to the gate and he talks to the guy who's the nearer redeemer, Right. The guy's like, plot of land, I'll take it. Yeah. And he's like, it also comes with a widow, Mm. and you need to bring about a line from her, as we read about in the Levitical law, uh, so that that name will be carried on throughout Israel. Mm. And the guy's response is, I can't do that without compromising my own lineage. Mm -hmm. Right? So he's like, that's going to cost me more than money. Yeah. And he's not willing to do that. He's not willing to sacrifice self. And and that shines a light on the fact that Boaz is not all win here. There's he's there's something of sacrifice on this mm-hmm. that he is willing to do mm-hmm. for the sake of redeeming. Yeah. And it's a it's a beautiful thing. It is. It's great. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening. This podcast is a resource of Memorial Baptist Church in Stratford, Ontario, and is produced by Alex Walker. Have a great week. Talk to you later.